0: Hello, and welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast with Dr. Jeremy Simpson of the Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elkin, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy the podcast today as we search together in the precious Word of God. Welcome to Treasures of Truth podcast, Brother Jeremy here. I want to go to the book of Luke today, Luke chapter number 15, very familiar passage We're very familiar with it. Uh, God, in this passage, the Lord Jesus gives us three stories about the coin, about the sheep, about the son. And uh, he's talking about, uh, of course, the scribes and the Pharisees and these parables, uh, the publicans and sinners that Jesus had been around, had been, uh, you know, he had been accused, you know, of being near them and with them. And, and they said, this man receives sinners and eats with them. And Jesus gives these three stories about the sheep, about the coin, and about the son. And the Bible said a, a certain man had two sons, Luke 15, 11. And a lot of times we make a lot of the prodigal son, and rightfully so, because it gives us a great picture of how God saves a sinner. But you know what? The real meaning behind the story of the prodigal son is the second prodigal And that's what I want to deal with on the podcast today The second prodigal Because the first prodigal Is easy to find out and figure out How sin can take you farther than you want to go Keep you longer than you want to stay Cost you more than you want to pay But when the prodigal son Wanted to go home Repented And, and humbled himself The father forgave him And the father told him You know uh, you're mine, go get the fatted calf, told his servants, he said, we're going to have a, a party, put a robe on him, put a ring on him, put shoes on his feet. I mean, that's such a great picture of salvation. But the second prodigal is the is what the story's all about because that's who Jesus is trying to get the story to, those scribes and those Pharisees. Because the Bible said in verse 25, his elder son was in the field and as he drew As he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Well, the problem is if he had cared as much as the father cared for the sinner, he would have been there when the prodigal came home. He would have been looking for him. He wasn't like dad. He wasn't looking for the son to come home, for the brother to come home. And they said to him, your brother's come home. Your father's killed the fatted calf because he's received him, and I like this, safe and sound. And here's what here's the reaction of the second prodigal. He was angry, wouldn't go in, and he's out there uh, mad because he said, you killed the fatted calf for him. This, this brother of mine has lived with harlots. He's devoured his living, your living, with harlots, and you've killed him, the fatted calf. And he said, I I ain't at one time uh, transgressed one of your commandments, and yet you've never given me a kid. You've never made merry with my friends. He's the second prodigal. And you know, there's one prodigal in in the far country, and there's another one that was in the house. And he's a picture of the lost that are in religion. The elder brother claimed that he wasn't backslidden, but there's seven sins he committed in the chapter that he's guilty of. Verse 28, he was angry. Verse 28, he wouldn't cooperate. Verse 28, he was he entreated, he begged. Verse number 29, he murmured. Uh, he had self-righteousness in verse 28. He had jealousy in verse 28. He accused the father of injustice in verse 29, 28. And so here's the emphasis that Jesus is making. There's more to sin than than just sins of commission. There are also sins of omission. James 4.17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to good, do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Uh, remember when Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, uh, You've omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. See, the Pharisees had their list of things that they did, but they had some things that they didn't do. The Bible talked about uh, or Jesus talked about, uh, you know, when you saw me hungry, saw me thirsty, saw, in, saw me in prison. And they said, when have we seen you like that? And he said, "Inasmuch as as you did it not to one of these le- to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And a lot of times religious people, all they get hung up on what they've done, but they forget about what they've not done. And this elder brother, this second prodigal. He was just in just as bad a shape. He was just in a different location. And I just want to think on that today because I don't want to be the second prodigal. I don't want to be the second prodigal. There are some principles that Jesus put forth in this passage that shows the sin of omission in the life of a child of God. Now, you can look at this prodigal as a lost church member. You can look at him as a backslidden church member. Either way, there's nothing being set forth for the kingdom of God. You see, there's three principles. You can have service without fellowship. You can have heirship without happiness. You can have sonship without brotherhood. Service without fellowship. You can do a lot in the name of God without without having communion with God. I mean, this son was working, but he was not with the Father, enjoying the Father. And then you can have heirship without happiness. Some people are like this second prodigal, this elder brother. they're saved, but they have no joy. And then there's sonship without brotherhood, and that's where I'm telling you, we, we really need to, uh, we really need to look in our own lives and take an inventory. Am I a child of God and yet not a brother to my fellow man? Service without fellowship. You ought to think on that for a little bit. A lot of people doing a lot in the name of the Lord, but they're not enjoying the Lord. And then there's people that are a child of God, but they're not enjoying the happiness and the joy of the Lord. But notice the possibility of sonship without brotherhood. It's interesting that uh, this fellow was a good son. There's no doubt about that. The Bible said he was in the field. He's fulfilling his obligation as a child. He's in the field. He's working hard. Uh, He's uh, there working on the farm of his father, but he is not a good brother. He's a good son, but he's not a good brother. And, you know, we have a full obligation as a Christian, not only toward God, but we have an obligation toward man. We have an obligation toward God, but we have an obligation toward our fellow man. And uh, the symbol is not just vertical that we have. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, the cross goes up, but the cross also reaches out. Think on that for a second. The cross makes things right between God and us and God. But if you look, it's got a cross beam that makes it right toward man. The beauty of the cross is that Jesus reconciled us to God. But the beauty of the cross is also this: once you get reconciled to God, the cross reaches not only uh, vertical, but it reaches horizontally. It reaches from east to west toward brotherhood. The cross can reconcile us with our Savior, but it can our Sovereign, but it can uh, reconcile us with our brothers and sisters horizontally and vertically. We're not only to be good sons, but we're to be good brothers. Boy, what a picture that is of the modern church, the modern fundamental church. We believe the King James is the Word of God. We believe in separation. We believe in faithfulness. We believe in giving, giving to tithe, giving to missions. We believe in worshiping when we meet. We believe in praying. We don't mind the preacher preaching on sin, drunkenness, adultery, fornication. We don't mind him preaching on that. Why? Because we're not guilty of those things. And we're like a lot of times, like these scribes and Pharisees. Because the average church member cares very little about the world that's going to hell. You say, why do you say that? Because we don't witness like we should. We don't fast and pray like we should. Uh, we don't knock on doors like we should. If a church has 10% of its membership going and knocking on doors, they seem to be doing good. A church that's running 220 people out, soul winning, that's 10%. A church that's running 300 and have 30 people out, soul winning, that's 10%. They care People in the church care very little about the world that's going to hell because we never witness, we never tell anyone about Jesus. The average church member couldn't even win somebody to God if their life depended on it. They don't, they've not put enough verses to memory. They've not prayed. They're not filled with the Holy Spirit. They don't have a burden for the loss. I want to ask you a question right now as we come to the close of today's podcast. If if you were lost, if you were the first prodigal and everyone was a soul winner like you are a soul winner. What chance would you have of getting saved? I say this often when we meet for soul winning. I, I say, I'm so thankful I'm on this side going out and knocking on doors, passing out tracks, inviting, sharing the gospel. I'm so glad I'm not on the other side waiting for someone to come because the modern church, today's church has stopped they're soul winning efforts. We're in the field working, but we're not loving we're not loving the lost brother. We're not loving the lost brother. Charles Spurgeon was asked one time, Do you really believe those who've never heard the gospel are lost? And here it was his reply. He said, Do you really believe those who say they believe the gospel and never share it are saved? Oh man, what a dagger. Do you believe that those who've never heard the gospel are lost. And he said, do you believe those that believe the gospel and never share it are saved? I believe that if you're truly saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, that you'll have a desire to share the gospel. I don't want to be that second prodigal who's in the father's house but cares nothing about his brother. You can have sonship without brotherhood. Let's get busy today sharing the gospel. I don't want you to miss the next podcast because we're going to talk more about this, about this second prodigal, and I believe it'll be a help to us. But today, you've got the opportunity to take the cross horizontally. I'm glad you're right with God vertically. The cross has that first beam that goes upward to the sky, upward to heaven. But don't forget that second beam. Don't forget that cross beam that goes horizontally from east to west to reach the lost. We have the opportunity to go out today and be salt and light to make a difference in this world. It's dirty and dark. It needs purification. It needs illumination. And you can be what God needs on this earth to tell somebody about our darling Savior. Tomorrow, you've got the opportunity, if you listen to this in the evening, to plan on purpose, to get up, pray, read your Bible, get filled with the Holy Ghost, and go out and make a difference by being salt and light. Let's don't be the second prodigal today. And until the next Treasures of Truth podcast, God bless you.